Help me with your mids. I gotta lick my lips. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. I'm not a singer. And this is my bend organ morning voice. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the Worship Leader Podcast. Welcome no, to warm-ups that you should not do. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Kitsy's Bible Study Podcast. This is Mackenzie, the girl behind the post-it notes. And Bailey and I are coming in hot, hot. from Bend, Oregon, from Bend. actually. Wow. Uh, we're sitting here recording. It's here. pretty awesome. It's great. You won't have to worry about any girls in the background with their Christmas music no. or anything like that. Hey, uh, Bailey, how have you liked Bend so far? This is only your second time here. Yeah. Um... I mean, it's the air smells really clean, which is super <laughs> so nice. Fresh, I know it's such a, such no, a it weird really does. thing to notice. It's, it's a thing. No, no, but no. yeah, when we drove when we drove in the first time, I remember thinking, "Wow, it smells so different here mm-hmm. than it does in Monmouth or Tigard. Um, just really different." And then what else? The roundabouts really <laughs> took me for a loop, literally. Um, <laughs> And I was not anticipating that. I also of roundabouts. I think they're just more efficient, though. In my no, mind. they totally are like way more efficient. But what was I gonna say? Something else I noticed about here. Oh, oh, that I thought. I don't know why, but in my head, I thought that Bend was really big. Oh no! Man. And it's not. It's like pretty small. Yeah. I mean, it's about the size I feel of like Tigerd. Sure. Probably. I don't really know Tiger Tiger is, I mean, it's big, but like it's not really. Yeah, big. but at least Tiger, I feel like Tiger would feel bigger because it's a suburb of Portland. Yeah. And so you don't really always know where Tiger ends and Beaverton begins and Portland begins yeah. and all of that. Whereas Bend, it's like. You Bend is very Bend, distinct. It's, it's just like nothing yeah every i mean also something i was talking to you last night about was how everybody here is like amazonian tall yes. and blonde and beautiful everyone like, here is beautiful oh my god Oregon like, i feel like a beautiful. midget <laughs> i'm like i'm just like over here like five three and friend of the podcast amy thomas oh and i gosh. often and our other friend katie often joke about all oh, the beautiful people We'll go to certain Seriously. places and just people are particularly beautiful here. here. I don't know what it is. Maybe they get more sun than we do. It's and the we pine just, air. Maybe I think it's the water but people they are drink. Just stunning here. So yeah, I'm like over here, like five three, you know, short, you know, curly hair. He's like so pretty. Just, oh, thank you. But like you know, just you're around people look so. I've just never encountered this. That's this okay. thing before. That's all right. Yeah. Well, we are getting back into part of the series that we have skipped around a lot on this podcast. And, you know, you're on the ride with us. So I just assume that if you're listening, you just love hanging out with us and yeah. it doesn't really matter what we talk about, but we're into it. So we're actually getting back into our series on going through John and I'm not going to read all of the scripture. Um, I, I recommend that you do, um, but... In John, we're in chapter 9. We've gone through, this is our ninth episode in this series. That sounds insane and also has been a long time, so it feels like we should be further. True. But we have other things we like to talk about too. That's true. Well, so 
at this point in the story, um, Jesus is with his disciples and they pass by uh, a man who was a man who was blind from birth. And so the disciples get really caught up on wondering who's to blame, who sinned, who who, who did this? Why Jesus? Is this guy blind? Is it his fault? Did he do something in the womb? They actually did believe that you could sin in the womb um, at the time. And then um, then they were asking, you know, is it his parents' fault? Did they do something? And, and we do know, like, generationally, the things that we do can affect our generation. Yes. But Jesus just kind of shuts all that down and says, no, it's just it's no one's fault but rather in in verse 3 it says neither this man nor his parents sin but the works of that the works of god should be revealed so he allowed this ailment to occur in this man so that the works of god could be revealed in him cuz spoiler alert he's going to heal him yeah and so he uh gets some clay just like mud throws it in his eyes which seems a little strange Jesus why are you doing that but sometimes we have to trust Jesus in very strange occurrences and um he says go go wash your face uh I think that's where maybe Rachel Hollis got that girl wash your face Mm. um situation from (laughs) and um when he did he came back and he could see I mean stunning miracle incredible and so then they're like, where is this guy? He used to just sit and beg, and he's, his life is all, all changed because Jesus. And um, so he goes off and starts telling his story. Well, then, of course, the Pharisees, those guys, they those just get guys. real <laughs> hot and bothered by the fact that this yeah. guy got healed, and, and it was on a Sabbath, and that was... You know, you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath, and so... You're not supposed to get healed on Sabbath. Yeah, we just... They get so (laughs) caught up in, like, what you should and shouldn't do on what day and what time, and, like, of course, there, like, are things that are, like, better and whatever, but they're so worried about the law that they, for like, just don't even see that the fact that this guy was literally blind and now he can see. That's just crazy, and we get caught up with that kind of stuff, too, um, it just looks differently. And so literally, they don't even go ask the man who's blind. They go to his parents and they're like, hey, how did this happen? And they're like, he's a grown man. You can go ask him himself. Mm. This is the McKenzie International Version. And um, <laughs> they said, you can you can ask him yourself. So they finally end up going to him and he's like, they're, I mean, it, they're trying to get into so much like theology and like, mm-hmm. how could this have happened and whatever. And and you know, like, those people who get just so caught up in that. And, like, I am a person. I love theology. But the grace of Jesus is just so much bigger than getting caught up in the mysteries of God. I think I'm just, I've come to a place where I'm just really comfortable with the mysteries of God. And as soon as I'm in heaven, I'm going to ask him about some of those things. But they, there's just an order to things. Yeah. They're just people, humans' lives are just more important than what day they should be healed on or whatever, you know. And so they ask him, and he says, I just only know one thing, and it's that this man came to me, this is my story, and that I was blind, and now I can see. That's just all I know. That's all. And so then, of course, by the end of the chapter, they're, they <laughs> excommunicate him. Um, because that sure. seems like a good idea. 
and Jesus had heard that they cast him out and and he went to find him and he said do do you believe in the son of God and he didn't know who that was he said who is he Lord that I may believe in him he was so his heart was just so prepared to receive the Lord and I feel like God does that with us Mm -hmm. um that he puts circumstances in our lives to just soften us yeah um and he was ready, and he said, you have both seen him physically and emotionally, I would say. And it is he who is talking with you. <laughs> That's such a weird way, Jesus, to be oh like, my gosh. the guy who's talking to you right now. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus is a crack up sometimes. He's and cool. he's like, Lord, I believe, like, just immediately. Um, and so he Jesus ends the chapter. I mean, they're not chapters, but ends this portion and says for judgment I have come to this world that those who do not see may see and those who see may be made blind Mm. some of the Pharisees who were there with him heard these words and said to him are we blind also Jesus said to them if you were blind you would have no sin but now you say we see therefore your sin remains and I think it's I mean, that's really powerful. There's a lot of things you could get into about that, but I think it's one of those things. As soon as you see that you have that sin in your life, you are now responsible. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's different when you don't realize that it's there and whatnot, but yeah. he's like, you Pharisees, you, you see that it's there. You're doing this intentionally. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, I'm here to, he's not, God is not here to rip you off. He's here to set you free. And so that is just, really important so it's kind of a kind of a fun chapter i love stories of healings and it's just kind of fun you mm-hmm. know so um though that this guy i mean it's kind of funny we were just recording a different podcast episode about disappointment but um this guy is really in this disparaging time right i mean have you found yourself there and you end up kind of just in that place of begging God right what what questions do you feel like you've had to felt like you had to beg from God oh geez um I mean I'd say a lot of my doubts a lot of my big questions from God um definitely stem from things that have gone on in my family but um I would say one big thing that's more recent was when I was asked to be a worship leader Mm-hmm. And I kept asking God, like, why? Like, why did you choose me for this? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not qualified. I'm 21. I've never done it before. Makes absolutely no sense. I've only been on the team for, you know, at, at that point, a month. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's just one example of a time that God has done that. But I feel like my life has been like that, where I have felt so unqualified Mm. to do things. And the immediate thought as I go into this, you know, spiral down of like, I'm not qualified. I'm not worthy of that. I can't do that. You know, God, like, why would you, why would you put me on the limb? Like, why are you asking me to do these things? Why are you calling me Mm -hmm. um, to these circumstances? So, yeah, that's 
that's it's I think part of that too your personality of of being a questioner if mm-hmm. you are into Enneagram Bailey is a six six and so <laughs> you just like naturally question everything and people's motives and intentions and yeah. naturally skeptic very naturally skeptical so it sounds like that that can sometimes translate to the person of God yeah oh yeah because I'm like well God you know me like if you if you knew me, if you know me, then why on earth would you ask me to do something I'm clearly unqualified to right. do? Like, what is that? What is that saying about you? What is that saying about your relationship to me? Yeah. Because if you're willing to put me out on the limb in something I know I can't do in my mind, mm-hmm. then um, he's setting me up for failure. Right. And that to me is like ultimate distrust. Right. I'm like. Why, why? Whereas God is sitting here like, Bailey, let me, let me just tell you something. You're blind. Yeah. You're blind to exactly. what you can do. <laughs> and so it's like the man in the story of like, I have come to make you see. Mm-hmm. And you are blind to see the thing that I have called you to do. Mm-hmm. And so you step in this in trust. And I'm going to throw some clay in your eyes mm-hmm. that is going to feel weird. And it's going to be strange and it doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. but as soon as you wash those things out you're gonna be able to see yeah and I I feel like I've seen some of that process in you where you went from like ooh, like god you don't even see me and he's like Bailey you're just so ignorant right now like you just (laughs) don't even know you see nothing that I see right now it's so true and like you just trust me please you know seriously and I've seen you kind of go through that process and now you're kind of in a sweet spot where you're kind of like Got your footing in that, and, yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. Do do you feel like those moments where, like, you are really skeptical of what God is doing, and then and then He throws the clay in your eyes and moves you through that process, and mm-hmm. then now you're kind of like coming out of that. What does that do with your relationship with Him? Oh gosh, I mean, it's just another part of the track record of God and who He is and His identity, and that. I mean, I, I have experienced that thought of like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know I've been brought into these things before I thought I couldn't mm-hmm. do and he always provides and he right. always equips me. Um, and half the time, um, it's the same prayer that I have with God where I say, you know, God, it, it is true that I, me, Bailey cannot do this thing right, exactly. on my own. Yeah. I can't because yeah. my, my anxieties, my fears my, you know, my personality, I'm like, I'm not equipped to Mm -hmm. do what he's asked me to do in and of myself. Exactly. So he often will, he'll tell me to do something that obviously in and of myself, I'm like, no, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. But he's like, well, exactly. You can't. So this is why drawing near to me is going to be so vital Mm -hmm. in this time because, um, you're going to be asked to do this and I, I want you to be prepared, but outside of me, you will not be prepared mm-hmm. for this. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's been a really important prayer and kind of conversation that God right. and I have often. Right. Uh, Ruth Chow Simons, when we were at If Gathering said, being weak is a good place to be if you want the spirit's help. Yeah. And, and thinking you can do oh. everything on your own. I mean, why would you, why would you need God if you truly believed right. that anything in your life that you want to do, you can just right. do it all on your own. Right. And it sounds like in that place of struggle of like skepticism and, and that whole 
whirlwind of thought process, one thing that God does with you is he brings to remembrance the things, the times where he's brought you through that. Yeah. Uh, And I feel like that's so important for us when we're in disparaging times is look back on where has God been faithful Mm -hmm. and hold fast to those promises. Look at the word of God. What are the things that he's promised and hold tight to those things. Yeah. Um, you know, in that moment of like, you're setting me up for failure, God, uh, you know, looking at promises that he, he just won't, he just doesn't do that. No, he is not leaving you. He's not forsaking you. He is not calling you to anything. He's not going to equip you for. Yeah. And I mean, he, he may wait till the, I don't want to say last minute to equip you, but I mean, yeah. it, it really will come down to the wire. I've had that happen lots right. of times where I'm like, God, I'm expecting you to show up right now. And mm-hmm. it's like a minute before I'm about to go on stage and I'm right. still not feeling right. whatever I think I'm supposed to feel. Um, and he always shows up. It's always awesome. Yeah. But, well, it's yeah. like, it's like the Jesus talks about how, wine grapes produce fruit right so the Mm -hmm. the vineyard produces fruit and if you we live in like wine country so that's really amazing for us to be able to physically see that example a lot and if you don't live in wine country um come visit visit. (laughs) we love (laughs) i'd say i'm gonna be bold here and everybody's like oh napa valley Mm." listen the willamette valley is just superior I think Mm -hmm. I mean maybe I'm biased but Pinot Noir it's good anyways but um what I have learned about the grapes and how wine is produced and those grapes happen is that the vine will not produce fruit if it thinks it's healthy it is only under times of stress Mm. where the the vine thinks it's literally going to die, that it starts reproducing in order to survive its seed on. Yeah. And so that's when the fruit is produced. And that is so true. That is exactly what God talks about in his word, is that under stress and under these times, that is where the fruit comes out. Yeah. So so true. It's it's so real. And and our brains, it's funny because our brains really do work in a story format and when we don't have all the pieces we don't have all the information we naturally try to fill in the gaps I feel like for me a lot of things that I have begged from God um you know question about relationships am I ever going to be married God um all kinds of things um I think I just beg things from God all the time I think the one that I ask a lot of is is why why God, um, and particularly on things that have already happened that we can't change. Mm -hmm. So, you know, why God did I have the, the father that I did, you know, why God was my relationship with him so horrible. Um, why did we never get reconciliation? Yeah. Why, why, why? And, you know, I, uh, I've seen some of the pieces of how God has used that story. I don't believe for a second that that it is what God's best would have been. We mm. live in a really, obviously, broken and fallen world um, where hurt people affect 
us, you know, hurt people, yeah. hurt people is what they say. And so I don't know the full story. I, 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 I don't know um, what God is going to do with, with my life and with that. But um, I've seen some of it. But we naturally try to fill in the gaps when we don't have all the information. And so we just want to know often what's wrong and, and, and why and who's to blame. And scripture talks about being without blame. And I think that's more than uh, being in the wrong. Like, don't be blamed for something. But rather, I think it's also unproductive to be a blamer. Yeah. To, to constantly get caught up in searching for who or what is at fault for the hard things in our lives. Mm-hmm. I think it's a place that we can get really caught up in and waste a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And it's just not productive. And so how, how do you feel like we can stay out of the place, that space of blame? How do we stay out of that? Mm-hmm. Uh, first thought popped into my head is uh, get around people who... Yeah. Who will break you out of that cycle. I, um, kind of like we've talked about, I get into kind of a thought spiral of this is why this is happening and, you know, why, 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 why? Mm. And, you know, if this hadn't happened, then this wouldn't be the case, you know, all of that stuff. But the land of what if, yeah, pretty much. Um, and I, as a, as a six on the Enneagram, you're incredibly entertained, by your own thoughts um and i can live in my head forever like i could sit on a couch and just be in my brain for hours and do absolutely Mm. nothing um but to stay out of blame it's so helpful to have people who have outside perspective people who know jesus um and who can point you out of that because mm-hmm. you don't you don't want to be around people who encourage you to blame your circumstances <laughs> yeah. and I have had friends like that who I mean I could sit and talk to them for you know half like not even half an hour I could sit and talk for hours um mm-hmm. hours and hours of just this person is the reason why I am this way and there's no way for me to get out of it mm-hmm. um, because blame is accepting defeat it's oh, saying yeah, I am victim to my circumstances and therefore other people and my circumstances around me, the reality I perceive can control the way I feel and my callings and my identity and to have friends or parents or whoever you love be able to say, Hey, like that just hasn't changed. And, you know, focusing your energy on, on blaming people just mm-hmm. completely takes away the power of God and yeah, you know, who good. he is and what he can do. That's good. Um, that's Blame is say. accepting defeat. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we look at the person of Jesus and it, we just, I don't think he wants us to suffer for suffering's sake. No. It's just not the character of who he is. And so like the disciples in this story, Jesus would redirect us not to the question why, but to what. Mm-hmm. Ask, what is the pain for? And I think exactly That's your point question. of yeah, of getting <laughs> around people, you know, who will help you question that. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, sometimes it's just as simple as Jonathan Bakluda says, change your playmates and your playgrounds. Yep. Where are you hanging out and who are you hanging out with? That'll change so much about who you are and how you act. 
Oh, yeah. Um, and then the other thing to look at is look at your thought process. What is What thoughts are you letting be in control? Yep. You know? And so switching from why God and who is to blame to rather, like, you know, we want to acknowledge. I mean, basic empathy <laughs> needs to exist. That yes. yes, I see the pain that you're going through. And I know there's, you know, there's some personality types that struggle with, like, sitting in that space. Some, like... If we were to look at Enneagram again, like type fours, they will just wade through the swampland of the soul with you. Um, but yeah. some of us <laughs> struggle sitting in that space. And so God would want to, you know, he wants to acknowledge, and we should do this for each other, acknowledge the pain. Yes. Acknowledge that it exists, but don't let us stay there. No. Don't let us get caught up in that. And so that, that relationship is really important and, and, Jesus would direct us that way too. Um, and, and the truth of the word would direct us that way. And you can look at stories in scripture of people who have really struggled and people have gone through harrowing experiences, really. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the story of Joseph uh, in the Old Testament, Genesis, you see, I mean, he is betrayed by his family in the most devastating way. And and it wasn't even just that one occurrence, but then there's this thing after thing that happens. And over and over in scripture, as every like hardship comes to Joseph, it says this small little line, but God was with Joseph. Yeah. And that is so powerful. And and the, at the end of the story, Joseph says to his brothers, what the enemy meant for evil God turned for good. And so don't think for a second that God is saying, um, God is putting all these hardships on us, but he allows them. I mean, mm-hmm. Satan is the prince of this world. Yeah. So he has some dominion on here, but he doesn't have it without permission from God. Yeah. And so we can see, just like in the story of the blind man, that sometimes our experiences are so that the works of God can be revealed in us. Yeah. Not only for us, but for other people. I love this story that I, we were just listening to a sermon on our drive over here um, of this woman who had gone through some really difficult things. And one of the things is she, she had gone through an abortion and really had to heal from how much shame and guilt she felt afterwards and mm-hmm. um, started serving in her church and... One day, a woman came to her and asked for prayer uh, that she was going to go and have an abortion that week, and she was really scared. And that woman got to share her story and what she's like after that experience. And she's like, I- I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to love you and support you in whatever you decide. Um, but I also am willing to take your child. Mm. If you don't go through this experience, I'll take your child. And... And she did. And that little boy is now three. And um, she and her husband have raised that little boy. And through her story and through the experience that um, she experienced so much heartbreak, God has turned something so beautiful in that. Um, what, what do you feel like is a situation where you've seen something really difficult in your life that maybe seemed like it couldn't turn out for good? And God has really turned something beautiful out of it. Oh, gosh. 
so many things. <laughs> um, how do you pick just yeah. one? Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to to worship leading because yeah. that 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 was such a huge um, to me what I perceived as an obstacle um, in my life. It was incredibly challenging. It was very emotional. Um, just felt so defeated um, because every single time I was getting up to lead and then afterwards all I was thinking about was oh gosh I have to do it next week again and I'm scared and I don't I don't know what to do and um it was oh gosh I think it was it was a couple weeks ago I mean we we had a meeting with um the worship leader of all of the praise campuses Mm -hmm. and we also had a meeting with our pastor and a few other people who were involved and we kind of hashed out some things and I was like hey like if these things can't happen like if I'm not prepared in this way like I can't you know I can't do my job Mm -hmm. um it's it was it was too much but those people were super faithful to meet my needs and now um which is such a um it's just such a turnover from what I was experiencing before. Now it's incredibly life giving, mm-hmm. um, and it's something that I love, and it's something I I feel like I'm getting good at, as opposed to where I was before, a feeling mm. um, like it was completely hopeless. Like I was really stuck in the thought of like, and you know, Mackenzie can vouch for this. You know, I'm 21. <laughs> I've oh, yeah. never done it before. And our pastor was like, I do not want and, to hear you say I'm yeah. just 21. He was like, another second. <laughs> I don't care. He's like, I don't care Over that. what your age is. It just doesn't matter. It. Like, you love worship. Like, that's the that's all I care about. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're and, anointed for this, and he can see that. He has a really good gift. Yeah, yeah. So kind of kind of just going through that process of, of accepting that, Um and and being okay with that and living into it instead of it being a part of mm-hmm. who I am like worship is not a hat you take off it's like when you mm-hmm. when you do it you're doing it all the time um yeah. and you're living it i remember i had a meeting with somebody um a couple of weeks ago also um and she was telling me she was a former worship leader of another church and she's like your worship on sunday is an overflow of what you've been pouring in all week She's mm, like, that oh, should good. not be the first time that you are encountering the presence of God as a worship leader. Um, and that's mm-hmm. super, super changed. Cause I love to worship during the week, yeah, um, but it made it more important. So I would mm-hmm. say, that. I feel like for me, a lot of the things that I see <laughs> come down to, I, I work in college ministry, obviously. And, um, I went through things that, you know, I, I didn't go through, you know, like doing drugs or anything hard like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I went through some really difficult childhood experiences, but what's actually really funny is a lot of what God uses in me right now in this season is some of my stupidity as a college student and heartbreak and um, just the perspective that I thought I had at the time. And now I can pour into my girls in the house mm. and say, mm, that's just really not going to turn out the way you think it's going to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, it's sometimes I have to let them walk through that. Um, but what's really cool is being able to share perspective with mm-hmm. them and being young enough that they 
take that opinion seriously for the most part. Yeah. That's really important to me. Uh, and so I, I know like one experience that I've shared a little bit about on the podcast was just like how wrapped up in a relationship that never existed that I got in and um, how much time that wasted and, and talking about how I've talked with the girl several times about how I wish I had started being more serious about my faith when I was in college because I had more time. And so I am just, I feel very called in this season that that scripture in, um, I think it's in Hebrews, uh, about equipping the saints for service. Yeah. Uh, and I feel really called that God is saying, hey, Mackenzie, you, you're not on the front lines in I don't know if it's front lines is the right word but but rather like you're behind the scenes equipping each of these girls for good work so they there's callings on their lives and they're about Mm -hmm. to go and shift the campus they're going to go shift this community they're going to go shift this world and you're going to be right in playing that background mm. piece to say, like, here's the truth of the word of God. Here's how I'm praying for you. Here's how you do relationships well. Here's how you how you build a ministry. This is These are these examples, but also pouring into them. How do I read my Bible? How do I get in habits? How do I do these things? Um, and so that's kind of the season I feel like I'm in um, where it's really out of my weakness and the lack that I had at the time. Mm that I can really bring perspective of, like, don't waste it. Yeah. Don't waste it. Um, so true. I, I, and I know that I have lots of friends who um, have gone through, you know, medical suffering and um, emotional, relational trauma um, who I have just seen God use for such incredible good. Um, you can go back and listen to podcast with Amy Thomas on Peace that can show you a lot about how um, enduring suffering and being willing to let God use your story um, can really change a lot um, and can really bring purpose and life. Um, I'm thinking about Romans 8. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. I just really like the way it's worded here. Uh, Verses 18 and 19, it says, I'm Paul says to the Romans, I'm convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Mm. He's got he's ready to just unveil who he has created you to be, and any suffering is nothing compared to what that glory is going to be. Yeah. And it's actually shaping you like those vines. It's putting that stress in so that that fruit will be produced. Um, and you just got skin <coughs> in the game. So um, what I love about uh, this this guy at the end, the, the man who was made to have sight again, the blind man, uh, he basically just says, all I know is this story. All I know is what happened <laughs> to me. That's all I've got to go on. And I think that can be so comforting for some of us who maybe don't know scripture as well. We feel less equipped to be able to share the gospel. But really all sharing the gospel is, is share your story of how Jesus has changed your life. Yeah. What Your testimony. So Bailey, how, how and when do you feel like we should share our story, our testimonies? As 
often as you can. Um, I think we, I mean, we, we work in a space um, that I feel is super open and vulnerable to that. Um, I feel like it would be pretty... Surprisingly, because we it, work in a school district and yeah, it's not as normal. No, but, you know, in our school, I mean, just just in conversation, I mean, it just, it kind of flows out of you. I mean, and when you really are just encapsulated and amazed at what God has brought you through and how he's continuing um, or continually bringing you um out of things, I feel like it just really flows. So I, w- I mean, I would say as often as you can share your story, share it because there are a lot of people that you're encountering that are super discouraged and hopeless, mm-hmm. um, seemingly hopeless, yeah. um, and who who might need that. Um, and how do, how do you share that. it? How do you do that? Oh my gosh! I mean, <laughs> that that can come about in a lot of different ways, but I would say I. My way of of going about that is I I love to pursue people like in conversation. So mm-hmm. like I will, I'll just randomly ask somebody to go to coffee with me and literally just text them and say, hey, I was thinking about you and I just really want to get to know you because I good. just I've seen you and I really respect you and I really love these things about you and I just want to dig deeper like I want to know you better um and in that I mean people are super flattered when you say I want to know who you are because I think you're amazing and it's true and you could ask that to anybody um anybody you encounter is amazing in one respect Mm -hmm. or another um so really it's just it's that decision to put yourself out there um, just ask for that conversation. Maybe that's, that's what I do. And then in that, you know, just, you know, start off by, you know, asking, asking them like, you know, what, you know, what's been your highs, what's been your lows, like Mm -hmm. of this year, maybe, or, Mm -hmm. you know, of this month, like if you have a relationship with that person, you can dig deep into things you already know, but then provide hope and say, Hey, God has brought me out of this thing that has been stressful or hard or Mm -hmm. um when I felt disrespected when I felt um really broken Mm -hmm. um and like I was about to shatter into a million pieces you know this is this is how God has redeemed that and now I have joy and I have peace Uh, that's Um, what people want yeah and that's what people really want and um, doing that in a space where you are the one saying, I want to know you because that's, that's Jesus. I mean, Jesus mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I'm going to tell you who I am, but like, I need you to know that I want to know who you are. Yeah. Um, and that I already do. And like, I love you and yeah. that nothing you tell me is going to, you know, take that away. So yeah. it, for question's sake, yeah, I think, um, just pursue it pursue Mm -hmm. knowing people yeah um and And people really don't care like it's sometimes we get the cart before the horse with like uh we'll get really excited about like this is what the bible says and blah 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 whatever and like scripture speaks for itself it really does and it's amazing but people don't care about what you know until they know how much you care about them yes um, and so you build relationship before, and you just share your story. Yeah. And and honestly, like one of the hopes and goals of my life is that when I speak, that it will be saturated with scripture, like yeah. the language of scripture, and not in a way of like, 
Well, 2 Corinthians 2 says, but rather like as I'm speaking, you know, things that are coming out of me of like, you know, the sufferings of this world are just not anything in comparison to what's coming and what God is unveiling in my life, you know? And if somebody knows scripture, they'll know like, hey, that's Romans 8. But like, I don't need to say the reference to speak the word of God. And I feel like a lot of us get really caught up in, I think the idea of sharing our testimony means that we have to sit down and share, okay, well, I was born this way, and we go all the way through until until we accepted Jesus into our heart, and that's our testimony. Yeah. A testimony is just a story of how God has changed you. Yeah. A testimony does not stop when you've accepted Christ into your heart yeah. at summer camp or wherever, <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, that's an amazing story, and that's my some of my story, but... You know, we're we're having a at the Harry House a testimony night and you know, I'm probably not going to share that part of my story. I'm gonna share a different part where God has really unveiled himself to me in a new way or really brought me through something difficult and and those snippets of of your testimony mm. that is honestly what's probably most powerful. And and Bailey, do you think it's what do you feel like as as Christians how important is it for us to be sharing, for for us to know our own stories? That's first of all, to mm-hmm. know what our story and our testimony is and to share it. Like, is this, like, optional? Is it optional to know your testimony? To know it and share it? Um, I mean, I guess, yes, it's op- optional in a sense, but, but no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it It isn't because... You only know what God has done for you. Yeah. And you are the only one with that encounter, that experience, um, in in that personal way. Like when I don't know, I would I would just say that I mean, no, that's that that's not optional. And I, I do think it is important to know what your testimony even is, because I mean, if you profess to be a Christian, well, why? Why are you following Christ? Mm-hmm. What has he done? Why is following Christ better than living apart? If you right. if you don't know your testimony, and it doesn't have to be super radical and crazy and whatever, but God does bring radical transformation regardless of if you've been homeless, done drugs, or if you grew up in church your entire life. Right. I mean, at the point you come to know Jesus, your heart should shift. There should be a transformation because that's who he is and he's amazing and he's mm-hmm. good that way. Um, and it continues to change. And it continues yeah. to change all the time. Um, so, yeah, it, that that's incredibly important. Yeah. Um, and especially because when you know it and you're comfortable with it, um, if you want to practice it, you can. But, again, when you're pursuing relationship with people and then you actually start to get to know somebody and you you see the holes you see the gaps you see wow this person is experiencing a lot a lot of hopelessness and mm-hmm. discouragement then it's just going to flow out of you because you're be like i know the way yeah. i love this i got the I've answer, got the answer yeah. for you yeah i think one of the things that hinders us from sharing about jesus is we one think that it has to look a certain way hmm um, and it has to be like, open up your Bible and just point to some scripture, and then maybe there has to be like some crazy story. Some like we have to have a big testimony where yeah. we 
were doing or else there's drugs there's no testimony. Whatever. Right. And, and that's just not true. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, honestly, it's not... I don't think it's optional as a person who truly is pursuing Christ. And um, I think we get hindered by that fear of how to do it. But also we get hindered because we're afraid of offending people. Yes. And I think it's actually more freeing when we truly know our stories and our testimonies and how God has worked in our lives. Because it's a personal experience that you're sharing versus telling someone this is what you have to believe. And so it's actually a real freedom to know our testimonies and to share it because it's sharing the gospel and it's not preaching it's not preaching at them it's or teaching it's just saying like all I know is I was blind and now I can see all I know is that I was super messed up and now this is the hope that I have and this is the life that I walk through and this is the joy that I have all I know all I know I don't know anything but this and all I know is my friend's story all I know is my story and there's actually real freedom in that. So maybe, Bailey, speak to, as we as we get ready to close here, speak to someone who's never shared the story of God within their life, their testimony, as you might say. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like they might need to hear right now? Mm. I would say have a maybe either one defining moment or maybe like, a one to three I don't think you need to rack up like a thousand experiences or anything like that to to have a solid testimony but I think a testimony includes just who was I Mm -hmm. what was I experiencing what did I encounter what 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 was that feeling what changed that who am I now Mm, it's good um because of that so I think as long as it includes those things I mean you have a solid you have a solid testimony even if you don't feel like it's as impactful or anything there might be somebody who might really resonate with my testimony but then somebody else who would hear my testimony and be like that's great Bailey but like I don't right that that doesn't resonate with me as a person because like I grew up in church my whole life and stuff like that right but somebody could hear somebody's testimony of you know being a church kid, quote unquote, their whole mm-hmm. life and, you know, having a radical transformation, you know, even in that space. Yeah. Of, or even seeing a season of faithfulness yeah, of like, wow, I just, yeah. I want to experience that. Yeah. So like, yep. Just that before piece, who was I, what did I encounter and who am I now because right. of that. Right. And I think sometimes we think it has to be these big, big, big things and it's just, doesn't always have to be I mean a testimony I can share could be you know I went to this conference and then there was this one thing that was said and that really shifted my thinking about something and now I'm really working through that and whatever you know or I heard someone say this one thing that's it like and this has shifted my thinking it could be you know I was almost dead whatever I don't know but (laughs) and it could be that but it also could be um I've been walking with Christ for a long time, and I learned something new about him today. Yep. And 
And sometimes, I mean, that's one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast and it's original is because I kept reading scripture and being like, well, this is so cool. I want to talk to somebody mm-hmm. about this and how <laughs> it's changing my life and whatever. And so that's really important. I would also encourage you and myself because I don't always share my stories as much as I would like to is be brave. Mm-hmm. Be brave. Um step out and share it it will it yeah. will bless you it will bless someone and god will do a work in you just as much as he does in that other person who's hearing your story yeah and i feel like the more you do it the more you will yes it it really is the more comfortable so you'll true. get and um it is it is really important and it it can shift things for you in a, a meaningful way so I, I just say, I just encourage you, be brave and, and, and do it anyways. Practice on people that you don't know, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> I was buying a car a couple of years ago and didn't know the guy in the car that was showing me around and we were driving around. I'm like, well, you know, we're stuck in this car. I mean, we might as well talk about Jesus and I'm never going to see him again, probably. So why not? <laughs> like, it's not like he's going to be going around and saying like, wow, Mackenzie's such a weirdo or anything like that. Like, right. I don't have to worry about anything that he thinks of me. I'm never going to see him again. And I just like started to ask him his story and I'd say, hey, do you have a faith? And tell me about your story and, and pursued him like Bailey was saying. And got to really hear that he had immigrated here from Russia from really oppressive times and um that he he did know the Lord actually and um got to and that was so cool because because then I'm like oh okay like that was a little easier that was easy you know whatever (laughs) but but at the same time even if somebody does know the Lord they might go be going through a hard season they might be um, feeling far from God, whatever. It's not just like we are sharing our story so that someone um, comes to know Christ for the first yeah. time. But honestly, sometimes it's to encourage someone. It's yeah. to just spark a conversation. I know that um, I have a friend that when we became friends, you know, she will say that after we became friends, we never, she had never talked about God as much as she had before and I feel like that is our rule that when we encounter people we ask them questions and we get them thinking about who God is in their lives and we're not preaching at them we're not telling them what to believe we're not doing any of that we're just saying here's our story here's who God is what do you think yeah I would say there is just such a freedom to not feel the the pressure to convert people with a testimony that that's not the point um, yeah, God's going to transform that person's heart. It's not up to you, but it is up to you to share to be your experiences mm-hmm. for sure. But you know, there's a, there's a freedom from feeling like, well, I shared my testimony, but that person didn't, you right. know, they didn't feel whatever. Right. But yeah, super good. Anyways. Well, thanks Bailey. That was good conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not prep you for this. So think for a second. Um, <laughs> I haven't asked this question in a while. I kind of forgot for the last few episodes. What's something that you're enjoying right now? What's what's spurring you on towards faith? What's a resource or a anything podcast music? Anything that's making you feel just closer to Jesus that yeah. you feel like people need to people need to know about this. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, something I've been personally doing and working on is just journaling. Mm, um, so good. That's been a pretty prominent practice in my life for the past couple months um and i've found just a t- 
ton of freedom, um, not feeling like I have to always process externally uh, to yeah. a person, but that um, oftentimes, and we had talked about this before, that oftentimes I know the answer. Um, I just need to talk about it yeah. for three hours, but really three, I, I do four, know the answer. Five, six hours. <laughs> it's, sure. it's really it's real like, um, I've, I've seen this, this sign before yeah oh i've been here before i've been here before we're coming back <laughs> we're making you. the rounds it's like the roundabouts and then it's exactly you're like, like just you're like where on. am i i <laughs> think i've seen that going. before <laughs> did i take a wrong exit turn oh gosh um and then also um i've been really working on and maybe this sounds kind of dumb I don't know but I've been working on feeling more free to just like do whatever my body is telling me during worship mm. like that's something I've been really trying that to, like? to challenge so like raising my hands or like moving my feet or like opening my eyes and like doing opening your eyes that's a big one as it's a worship a, leader that's a big one because you're you're so focused on what you're doing and I'm always in my head so I just have been trying to um, be a little bit more engaging. So that's been something I've been working on. But that's good. yeah, uh, I feel like for me, one of the things that I've really been leaning into, I'm working on taking thoughts captive, putting them under, under obedience to Christ. Um, there's an app called Soul Space. We did it this morning, actually. Yes. Um, so good. It's really good. It is available on i on iPhone and Android, um, but it's a meditation app but it's not like any other meditation app that I've used before it really anchors you to the love of Christ Mm -hmm. um, and has scripture in it and super good it was it's really good it's super calming it doesn't just it has a daily meditation and I just um, as soon as I wake up just hit play and have my eyes closed because I'm already relaxed I'm already in bed I don't have to stop anything that I'm doing it's less it's like five minutes maybe yeah um just just getting yourself to breathe and to Mm -hmm. um start your day focused on uh the love of god yeah and um and it's so good it's and it's really beautiful um the app also has like lullabies and scripture stories that are just are really good so soul space is my recommendation for this week well, Bailey, thanks for being back on. While we're yeah. here in Bend just for the night, we're going to uh, head off to church and maybe yeah. enjoy, I think maybe some sunshine is coming out. Yes. And yeah, well, Love thanks it. so much. Have the best week, you guys.